How do I sound? Better than you've ever have before. Well, I, I did spend 25 quid in a headset. That'll do it. Yeah. I also bought the wrong one, so I'm like sat three feet away from my 42-inch TV. <laughs> because it's a USB cable, so it has to go around the back of my computer. Uh, you're gonna have to get one of those USB extenders. Yeah, I, I've actually like I I thought I had one. I was like, ah oh, shit, yes, my friend left his. So I ran, dug around the house, found it, and it's like fucking ten centimeters. Like, this means that like now my TV stand is my footrest. Hooray! That's all I got out of this. Well, it's something, I guess. <laughs> How have you been? Not bad. It's good to hear. It's been almost a year, I think. More than, more than hang on. I think I've got the last one we did downloaded. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, more than a year. Yeah, October. That's not a great track record. No, but to be fair, we did, we did almost ruin ourselves because that show was utterly foul. <laughs> like there, uh, there, there are uh, it's fun sometimes watching camp old things but there's nothing fun about Cleopatra 2525 it is all just misery I remembered that we thought we were going to do the last episode of the season as well no let's not do no. that no because it like required effort to organize and meet and it's like oh, what do I want to do do I want to sit around and scratch my balls I don't want to torture myself for an hour yeah. Although, to be fair, at least with this, we will make it to 20. Woo! As if nice. that's some kind of milestone for us. It fucking is for us. Have you seen how consistent we are? <laughs> so, like, going through, from episode 0, 13th of November. Uh, oh, all of these say 13th of November. When it's because it... right. we yeah. moved. Uh, so, so, 1st of December... 2010, 18th of January, 3rd of February, 5th of March, 3rd of April, 14th of April, Jesus Christ, 18th of April, holy shit, 8th of May, 17th of August, 18th of September, 4th of November, 9th of December, uh, 18th of December, 15th of January, 11th of April, (laughs) 26th of August, and the 16th of October. Sort of a a drastic decline at the end of there. <laughs> yeah. We were doing pretty good on monthly for a while. I know. It was weird. And then people got jobs. Yeah, that'll do it. Fucking. It's all this free time and shit. And also, like, I think it was like half the plan as well was to, like, was to, like, talk about the show. And Topher just is the slowest person in the universe. Yeah. I don't know. When we try and have an organized thing, those are the worst ones. Yeah. Why would we try? Except for the TNG episode. That one was pretty good. Like, I'm just trying to... When's the last... The last post in the episodes thing was, like, two years ago. And Topher said nothing about the show. Yeah. Is he still working on it? I can't actually figure that out. I think he does. It just goes slow. Because he has work. Yeah. And people and things to do. Fucking responsibilities. 
Yeah. What are they good for? Fucking nothing. I was as well. I got a bit ambitious. I was like, I know what will be a funny thing. I will. Uh, I will take the Canadian national anthem, and I will rewrite <laughs> it to be about Halidar. But when I got to sit down to do it, I got as far as Oh Halidar. As <laughs> I think our friend from Canada or something like that. I like that you still actually started. You didn't just give up at the idea of it. You at least got a line in. Well, the the line, the idea was, oh, Haladar, that's it. <laughs> that was the idea, and it kind of died after that. Yeah, as soon as you figure out that uh, having the same number of syllables as Canada isn't quite enough to base an entire song off of, yeah, sort of falls I, apart. I, I got the second line as well. Okay. Our friend from Canada. Then it just started started turning into this terrible rhyming thing. Yeah. The Canadian national anthem is not exactly... To, to be fair, I don't think anybody's national anthem is actually good. No. I don't think there's such a thing as a good national anthem. Oh, no. At least... I don't know, like... When you hear yours, though, what? how, how does it make you feel? I don't know. There's just a sort of indifference about it. Yeah, because when I hear mine, it makes my fucking blood boil. Yeah. Because um, I'm not exactly the most traditional of Brits, and um, the Queen can go suck a camel's dick. Yeah. So, See, the Canadian National Anthem is just, hey, we live here, we like living here, we don't blow things up. That's that's <laughs> that's really the Canadian National Anthem. Right there. Yeah, it, is like, it is the most like, new, it's like, hey, things are okay. There's nice trees and shit around. It's pretty big. We don't really need that much, to be honest. It's quite nice, eh? Yes. Yeah, so we live in the north and we're free. And that that's it. Like, that's that's the entire national anthem. <laughs> yeah, England is God save the queen. The American national anthem has to be the most amusing of all of them, though. Just, it, it's a song about war. Yep, with that the makes rockets, sense. red flare, and all this—it's—it's it's literally singing about combat. Yeah, every time though, I I, I hear um when they play at the uh, the proms at the end of summer, and they get the queen out, and they're like, "Here is the queen," and they play um they play the national anthem, but they play pomp and circumstance as well. So I was walking through the house at the end of summer, and I I was just I heard something faintly in the difference. I was like. Is somebody watching wrestling? Is that fucking Macho Man? I like ran down the stairs like, what's going on? Oh, it's the Queen. Uh, uh, this is not Macho Man. Is a very stark contrast to Macho Man Randy Savage. God, if Macho Man was the King of England, I would be totally different. I would be like, I would be a royalist. I'd be like, God save the King and shit. Why wouldn't it be? It's Macho Man. Oh yeah, brother. We're going to increase the spending to healthcare and cut military funding, brother. <laughs> I started watching wrestling with my little brother, actually. It's the first time I've sat down and watched wrestling in probably seven years. Yeah. It was... I didn't know anybody. I knew John Cena. That was the only person I knew. Yeah. So, and they're all kind of... There's no characters anymore. There are. They're just not as in your face. You have to watch for a while to get them. It's not like they're not like comic book characters. You can't just like see a picture and go, "Oh, that is that guy." Yeah, it's it's like, disappointing. 
Well, it's it's fun if you're into it because like watching like Daniel Bryan change from because Daniel Bryan when he got to the WWE was just this like here is this skinny indie wrestler who is good at wrestling but not very good at being a person, and that's how they portrayed him for ages because that's what everybody thought he would be. And then when they actually let him be a character, he, he realized, oh wait a minute, this guy's actually the funniest fucking person we have, and he's just this crazy little man with a beard who just drop kicks pe- people. Yeah, I don't know. I just miss like Big Papa Pump and Goldberg <laughs> and you know stuff like that. Oh, Big Papa Pump. <laughs> oh, Scott Steiner, you crazy bastard! I think I'm probably the only person who thought that was an interesting person to watch. But oh no, Scott Steiner's fucking insane. He's the one who had like the chainmail T-shirt all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. He wore like he just wore like a chainmail helmet thing oh yeah the hat yeah and that was it like have you seen hang on scott steiner maths (laughs) okay god his upper body was just so much larger than the rest of him that's insane i forgot how stupid this guy was i love it though oh god you need to watch this Alright, I'm going to have to say that for later, but this already starts amazing. (laughs) Oh, you have no idea. Scott Steiner had a funny thing where the more buffed and ripped he got, the more terrible he got in the ring, but also the more hilarious he got in the microphone when he started just shitting all over fucking Ric Flair and the Hulk Hogan. And I just realized as well that I've started to say the Hulk Hogan, like, reflexively. God damn it, Iron Cheek, what the hell have you done to me? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, my brother got so into watching it though like immediately he spotted when like the guy goes to stomp in the other guy's head and he just misses and the other guy's like oh I got it and my brother turns to me he's like he missed yeah <laughs> why is he hurt it's like okay you know how you watch a movie and they fight in the movie are the actors punching each other he's like no it's like okay well it's the same thing with wrestling except you don't have to sit through all the plot it's like, oh, so they're just, like, TV fighting. It's like, yeah, yeah. And then he just got into it even more. Yep. When you realize it's all an act, but it's also, in some strange way, not an act at the same time. Yeah. And is really weirdly political. And what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> like, that is a strange, strange business. I tried to play WWE 13 with him after we watched it, but uh, he still can't quite grasp the concept of uh, video games in general. Actually, he's horrible at video games. <laughs> There's uh, no hand-eye coordination. Yep. Ow. Yeah. I think we all go through that phase, though. We're, we're all terrible at video games at the start. I, I didn't. My mother had an NES and a Sega Genesis before I was born. So essentially, as soon as I could walk, she put like a Nintendo controller in my hand and I played Mario 3. And she said that like within two months, I was already better at it than her. I think if you just grow up with it, it, it just clicks and you start yeah. right away. Well, the, my problem was like, I, I say problem, like I was like really spoiled as a kid. So I was never, because people would, whenever I hear people talk about video, it's like, oh yeah, I'd get like one NES game a month and I'd just play it and play it and play it and play it and play it. My parents were just like, there's a new game every week. 
I'm like, I have no reason to stay in, like, this is hard. I'll just give up. Move on to the next thing. Oh my god, I had the opposite. I don't think I had... From the time that she bought the NES and the Genesis, I don't think we bought another new game for it until I was, like, six years old. Jeez. And by that point, like, 96, I think the N64 was out. Like, I think 97 was when the PS1 came out. Yeah, but we still had, like, just an NES and a Genesis at the time. Yeah. Well, and then, like, for my birthday in 99, I got a PlayStation and an N64. Yeah, we had um, we had an SNES before I can remember. I don't even remember having it. But my parents got rid of it for a Genesis and a bunch of games because apparently the Scooper Snooper? Mm. The Super Scope was ruining my eyes. Okay. So, so they were just like, yeah, it's probably best not to have this. Yeah. But no, like, I just had so many games that I never practiced any of them. Yeah, I could probably list. We had 10 NES games and, like, 6 Genesis games. And then those were just what we had. And then we would rent, like, a game a month. And then eventually when that movie store went out of business in, like, 96, that's when we just bought, like, all of their NES and Genesis games because nobody wanted them anymore. So we're like, yeah, we'll take them all. Here's 20 bucks. And then we got, like, 50 games out of it. (laughs) Uh, The only game I remember renting was... um, Do you remember that really shit action hero movie from the 90s starring Billy Zane? Billy Zane. The Phantom or something. Uh, Yeah, The Phantom. Uh, it starred Billy Zane. It was like it was meant to be some like hokey Indiana Jones mummy esque action film, but with a superhero like one of the really old pulp superheroes. Yeah. Well, they uh, they made a TV a cartoon called Phantom Twenty Eighty Eight or something like that, and uh, they made a Genesis game for it, and I borrowed that and never gave it back. And that's the Ooh. only video game I think I've ever rented. Uh, Twenty Forty. Phantom 2040. Yeah. Oh my god, he's like like a purple leotard on and everything. Yes! Oh, the movie's worse because it's fucking real-life Billy Zane running around and he's just like, ha! I'm Billy Zane! I'm in Titanic! You don't remember me! Yeah. Um, we used to rent, like, there'd be six games and we'd, like, rent the same games over and over again because we liked them as opposed to, you know, just buying them for the same price as renting them six times. Uh, To be fair, we didn't have the money like all at yeah. once to buy it but yeah we'd like get a darts game for the nes and there was like a billiards game for it and then we rented uh oh lost vikings on the genesis a few <laughs> times i was so pumped when i beat that game for the first time it was like 4 a.m and i woke up before my mother and i was just out playing the genesis and i beat lost vikings and i ran into her and i was like i beat lost vikings it's like it's four in the goddamn morning. No, I was, I was, I'm so shit. Like, I don't think I really started actually beating games until I got a PS2 and I got a bit older. Yeah. No, I just, I, I still have this mentality of if I own a game that I haven't beaten, I cannot buy a new game. Oh, this is why Steam is such a fucking danger for me. I mean, Steam's like the exception to that rule for yeah. me because I'll like go buy an indie bundle and then I've just got like 20 games that I haven't touched. But like a, a physical game, I cannot buy a new one until I've beaten the last one that I've bought. I've I've gotten a bit better though. Like I've not been going crazy. Like I, I just 
I've been, like working through a backlog, which I'm happy about. Yeah. I think I only own like seven physical games that I haven't finished. I've probably got more than that. In fact, I can. Let's see. Oh, I can't see because my bulb's broken. I uh, yeah, there was a, a wasp in my room, so I tried to swat it away with um, a, a wardrobe door, um, <laughs> and I um, <laughs> I didn't actually hit it. What it did was it crawled up into a light fixture and electrocuted itself to death. Oh. So now my bulb doesn't work. Well, I'm it. That works, I guess. Yeah. That's one way to get rid of it. I know. It's dead. It's gone. That, it was really weird. Yeah. <sighs> Let's see. Like, I even beat Spelunky, like, the f- very second time I played it. Jesus. It's just like, oh, well. to be fair, I'd watched a lot of, like, Spelunky streams on the Hop channel. Right. So I just, like, I knew what the game was and how it worked. So, like, the first time I played it, I got all the way to the Ice Caves. And then the second time, I just, I beat Olmec. And I was like, oh, everybody kind of made that out to be a bit harder than it really is. Yeah. And then two days later, I beat Hell. So it's like, oh, maybe watching a game does actually make you better at it. Yeah, I, I have the problem of, like, if I, like, play something and immediately it doesn't gel with me, I, like, I'm like, I'm going to get a up, uh, 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 drop, oh, the controller fell out of my hands, what can I do? <laughs> like, I, I downloaded um, Skullgirls, because they've got yeah. the free weekend thing, and I just picked it up and was like, okay, what's this? Duh, duh. Oh, this plays exactly like Street Fighter, and then I just threw my controller out of the room and went to bed. See, it plays like Street Fighter Alpha, kind of, but it's very like launchy combos. Ugh, I don't like. I don't like it. No, like I just like started fiddling around with it. And I was like, this feels like Street Fighter, except everybody's weighed down with pounds of sugar. <laughs> like every yeah. like double tap to move forward just made them go. Eh, eh. And you could bail. Like I hate I hate fighting games as well, where your jump doesn't actually send you in the air very much. Yeah, it's a very slow, heavy feeling game. Yeah, I, I, that is not to my taste. I don't have fighting game tastes. The only thing I don't play is anime fighters, which the genre, not just like fighting games based on animes. It's just like everybody can fly and projectiles fill the whole... <laughs> essentially Japanese versions of Marvel 3. <laughs> because just everybody flies infinitely. Your combos last like an hour and you, they do no damage. It's just those games. I can't stand those. Just like, oh, you mean I can combo with just 12 projectiles? I never actually have to touch you? Cool. <laughs> this this game is not for me. Like Melty Blood and Arcana Heart, I can't play those. Uh, I, I am terrible at fighting. Like, I keep, every time I see Street Fighter, I'm like, maybe now. Because I, I bought the fucking Street Fighter fight pad as well. I was super hyped. I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this. I'm going to play it. I'm going to be super good. I'm going to practice really hard. And then I just like, I think I think I remember like went into one of the challenge rooms just like do a cancel and I was like what's a cancel look in the menu nothing in there go through all the tutorials what's a cancel yeah they don't uh, the terminology is kind of stupid sometimes cuz they kind of just expect you to know things 
Which, to be fair, it's like it's Street Fighter Four, and they've existed since the early you know, mid '80s, I think. So I, they're not completely unjustified in thinking that people who are playing this game know what they're doing to some extent. But uh, you still have to always account for the new players. But it's, it's it's just not it's not even like that's not hard to just say what a cancel is and explain yeah. how to do it. And it's, it's like, like they they even said like the express purpose of these. Uh, trials is to take people from beginner to intermediate. Yeah. So it's like, so surely cancelling would be pretty important. In fact, you've put it in there and then given people no way, no no information on how to actually do it. Yeah, there really should have just been like a text bubble. It's like cancelling a move is when you do a special move in the middle of a normal move and it stops the normal move. Yeah. This is this is why I play Tekken and Mortal Kombat because they're easy. Yeah. Like, this is why I just play a smoke, and I zip around, and I uppercut people. And I'm a jerk. Yeah, watching people play Mortal Kombat turned into the worst thing ever. Because like, the good people playing that game is essentially, let's throw fireballs, and then one of us will do a combo, and it'll get broken. And then we'll do fireballs, and then the other person will do a combo, and it's either broken or the game is over. Yeah. Well, I just I just had to stop playing because of the fucking X-ray moves. I got sick they're, of watching the animations. It's funny because they're if you watch again like a stream, you don't use the X-ray moves because you need that meter for the combo breakers. It's weird. That game is just weird. Same with Injustice. Ugh, just not my style. I'll play them, but I'll never actually play them to get good at them. Well, like. I'm actually like fairly interested in Injustice because apparently like the combo breaking system in <laughs> that isn't just oh you broke the combo. Yeah, it's a wager system. Yeah. Where you have to bet a certain amount of meter and if they just spend more meter than you or no, whoever broke the combo, if you spend the most meter, you get a certain amount of health back. Yeah. If the other guy spends more meter, you don't get any health back, but the upside is they spent all that meter. Mm-hmm. I was interested in Killer Instinct. But then I played the old Killer Instinct games, and when people say fighting games are just button mashing, they're referring specifically to Killer Instinct. <laughs> it's like yeah. you just push the buttons as fast as you can in Killer Instinct, and you get a combo. I have a, I have, I've not played Killer Instinct for years, but I have heard from people who know that it is very, very, very broken. Yeah, I think that's supposed to be the draw of the game: is everybody's broken, everything is broken, therefore everybody is fun. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, maybe, I guess. I don't know. I'm picky. <laughs> Fuck you, bird. Right. Should we start? Oh, I've been recording this whole time. Oh, okay, sweet. <laughs> Right, should we, uh, I guess, introduce it then and give it a proper start? I don't know. I was just going to edit that into the beginning. Well, we can. I mean, it's like 23 minutes of us just rambling and talking bullshit. Yeah, I'll just I'll just do a thing You'll do later. A thing. Yeah, magic. Yeah. Studio magic. Behind the scenes. Woo! So, although I guess we should do a, what have you been doing in the last year? <laughs> well, I got cancer and lost my leg. Do, 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 drama. 
That, that didn't actually happen. That's good. Yeah. There you go. Start on a low note, finish high. Didn't you uh, move? No, I was uh, I was very, very close to. I, uh, I had a friend who was buying a place. He was buying it from a company, and he uh, gave, gave them an offer, and they accepted. And they said, right, well, we have to wait X amount of time to see if somebody else wants to offer more money, and then on day X, we'll accept. And then three weeks before we were about to move in, somebody made a new offer. That's shitty. Yeah, and my friend had been... It was more shitty for my pal because he'd been waiting for about a year to move out. Doesn't seem like they should be allowed to do that. Yeah, I don't know. Like I haven't... I haven't got super... I haven't got deep into it. Like I haven't really sat down and hashed out what happened with him. Yeah. But either way, it seems like he got fucked over. So, so did I. And I couldn't move out, which was miserable. But... Hopefully, when one of my friends gets a job, I'll be able to actually move out. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of working towards right now, is finding a new job. And as soon as I do, I've got a place lined up that I can move to. Come to England. (laughs) Just Uh, just drop everything. Come to where the weather is slightly more shitty. Yeah, you know what? I'd prefer rain over snow. There you go. Drizzles all the goddamn time here. Yeah, the re- it's funny too because the reason I don't want to move somewhere warmer is because as soon as you get into a warmer climate, you start getting like big venomous spiders and snakes and scorpions and things that I don't want to have to deal with. Well, thanks to global warming, we have that already. Yeah, You're right. like I, I get snow and it kills those things, so the thing I hate kills the other things I hate, and there's more of the things that die to the first thing I hate, so I'm just gonna stay here. Part of me, uh, part of me wants to stay in a colder climate. One because it's what I'm used to, and two because um, I think coats look rad, and I would be sad if I couldn't wear them. Yeah. And also because I want to grow a beard, and I don't want to walk around with a scarf on me face in fucking. I tried to say San Francisco and went to go Fran Fran Fran. <laughs> but yeah. What have you been up to in the past million years? Uh, I've gone through like 20 odd jobs. I still haven't found somewhere consistent to work. I've helped the same friend move six times and I've spent far too much money on magic. Yep. That sounds familiar. (laughs) Yeah. That's unfortunate because the store in my town is owned by a good friend of mine and he's shit at running it. He has no boosters whatsoever in the store and he hasn't for the last six weeks what yeah it's to the point where people just started driving to the next town to go to friday night magic because all he can do is offer credit until he get boxes in and the problem is we know that as soon as he get boxes in everybody's going to cash in their credit and he's going to have nothing again i just i don't know what's going on i think he's probably going to end up closing down in like three months that's fucking miserable yeah yeah, I have the, uh, my game store's run, the guy who owns it is a complete, just, is just somewhat disconnected from reality. We'll just, like, as an example, go to the counter, I say, hello, 
Francois Le Delacroix. Uh, that's his name now. Um, hello, Francois. I would like a can of Pepsi. Here is my money. Whether I receive the can depends on how much there is in between him and the can. Because if there is anyone in the immediate vicinity, he will just snap to them and start telling them a story. No matter how mundane and stupid it is, it will just be like... It's kind of like a fucking waiting game. Like, you just stood there just hoping that he doesn't get distracted on the way to the fridge. Because if he does, you fucking had it. Oh, <laughs> you're those not getting, people are the worst. You're not getting shit. It's just... Yeah. And here's your can of Pepsi. Oh, did I tell you about the time I waxed my back and got my cat waxed? And then I did a thing... I went to the shops and did another thing. And then blah, 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 religion and stuff. And blah, 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 blah. Like, I don't know how he's alive. But thankfully... The person who actually runs the Friday Night Magics is competent and good at being a human being. Yeah. See, I wouldn't so much mind Dave's shop closing down if I didn't hate the place in the next town over. Like, half of the people there are assholes. I don't like the owners. It's just the worst. Like, I went there for the M14 pre-release, and we were like, he's got, like, eight tables, and we were six to a table and it's just it was the worst we were there until like 6 a.m and it started at like Jesus. 9 p.m what the fuck how many rounds was it uh it was like six rounds what yeah it was, was the worst it was organizing this tournament was it literally gerbils as they had like a projector with like names for who you're up against and what table you're supposed to be sitting at it, maybe it was just because M14 was slow, but it seemed like every round went to time. <laughs> and maybe it was every round going to time, or maybe it was just whoever was keeping track of things forgot to, I don't know, hit the round is over button when everybody reported in. I wouldn't put it past them. Ugh. Yeah. But, you know, if I go there, I might actually finish building my legacy deck, which is an upside, I suppose. Yeah. I've been working on that for like two years. Yeah, I uh, I think I haven't played in a Magic event for about a month or so. Like, played in a Legacy event, and then my brain was just broken, and I've just not wanted to look at Magic. Yeah, Legacy can is. do that. Well, it's just like I, I've been fine. It was just like I think I just like I got super into Magic to the point where it wasn't healthy, and I just sort of crashed on it. It's yeah, a strange thing to say, but I just got super super into it for two years. And now I just need to stop for a while. Yeah, I kind of did that when um, Innistrad block rotated. Because I lost literally my entire deck. I played a Conjurer's Closet Flicker deck. <laughs> with just like acidic slimes and all this bullshit. And like Tristani, so I get life. And just nonsense. And then when it rotated, I was like, I don't, I don't want to play anymore. So I just started building my EDH decks. And started buying pieces for my legacy deck, and I just stopped playing standard pretty much. Yeah, I just, I think it, it happens whenever I get super into something. I don't know. I must have some fucking Asperger's level obsession because I just like two years in, and now I'm just like can't even look at it. Like it makes me physically ill to even think about playing it. <laughs> it's weird. Like. And I, I don't even have that problem, because I'm in the middle of Theros block, and I actually had a full deck. I had the mono black deck, and was 
getting relatively good at it, but just had to stop. Yeah, my store was so casual that it was honestly, we just go and hang out, and then Friday Night Magic would happen sometimes. So I never really had the, let's go play three times a week or whatever. Yeah. Well, my, my store is like, my because the store I go to is like the biggest magic shop in the country in terms of revenue and player base, but it's 99% casual players. And I just don't have it in me to play casually. I just don't have the attitude or the inclination. I, I find I I get the most out of a game when I'm compete. Most out of Magic trading card games when I'm competing. So, it's just this really awkward thing where it's like I'm also in a position now where I think every time I go to Friday Night Magic and I'm like playing a proper, proper deck, probably insulting, but like a meta gamed deck. Yeah. Like a deck that is tuned to beat decks, like. A tournament level deck, shall we say? Yeah. And I'm playing against people that's like, I like to play green white things because they are fun and green. And I'm just like, Thoughtseize, take this card, and they're just like, their heart sinks as they can't play their favorite card. And they go, Ah, yeah. oh, play this scavenging news. I pulled it from a booster. It's super awesome. And then I just proceed to doomblade it and just play an underworld connections and draw my entire deck. Yeah. When when Theros started, I just went like black green discard because i thought why not i'm just upset at losing my last deck so i'll just play an asshole deck so it was just like mind rots and thought seizes and just nothing but get rid of your hand and then kill things when they do hit the field and my win condition was like getting vraska's ultimate off which is insane but i just i'd come up against new people and my deck doesn't beat tournament decks but it destroys decks that aren't built very well so it's just like oh i thought sees you turn three and i get rid of all of your threats because i'm going to play three of them in a row i'll sack the life sure and then now your hand is zero and it's going to stay zero for the rest of the game i am so sorry well i had um i had a game as well where i started playing the mono black deck and me and my opponent just played cards back and forth and i he went traumatized you and i was like oh lost half my deck and he was super pumped he was like yes got to cast traumatized and he was super happy and then i went draw whip of obsidat oh yeah the whips just whip back obsidat thank you for doing that yeah my friend runs reanimator right now and he was playing against the control deck and the control deck had his deck down to 10 cards and he was like um okay i mean thanks for jacing me and then traumatizing me and then tome scouring <laughs> me because now i can whip back a giant adiphage well, I um, I think before that I was playing like Esper Control as well. So like I won the game day I went to, and it was just kind of miserable. Like I w- I definitely wasn't playing very well because I'd never never played the deck before, and like I was playing against like some of the better players in the shop. Yeah. And I just didn't care, and it was just miserable. And I was like, I even at the end of the day, like was getting into an argument with someone because they were playing wrong because like i think like they had like a night veil vale specter and a judge's familiar around the field and went far and away bounce bounce your judge's familiar away you and they went okay sacrifice the judge's familiar went pay it and then yeah i went so your night veil vale specter's dead and they went no and we just had this discussion for a while and i went blah blah, blah. and then she tried to just pick up her night veil vale specter and put it in her hand yeah Oh, the rules aren't working in my favor. I'm just going to pretend they do. And then, like, eventually when I got her to discard it, she just conceded. Yeah. 
I was like, stop. And then I realized, like, so you add that to the fact that, like, I, d- I don't even think it's worth for me going to FNM anymore because I'm just like, all, all, all I'm going to do is I'm going to make other people feel bad and I'm going to get nothing out of it for myself. See, that's why I have four EDH decks now. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I just get no fun out of the game playing casually. Like, it just does nothing for me at all. It's, I don't know why, but... So now I get into the situation where it's like, well, what can I do? Like, the only FNM I know of that's even semi-competitive is in Preston, which is, like, a good two hours away on the bus. Like, yeah, I don't I don't think I could actually make it there for FNM. So then it's like, okay, do I just play Modo? And then you look at all the shenanigans going on with Modo at the moment, where it's like, well, people are just fucking actually quitting Modo now, and it's like, people are abandoning that ship, so it's like, well, I guess I don't do that either. Well, you'll always have me and Cockatrice. <laughs> uh... I don't know. I just I think EDH is probably just going to be my format now. I just prefer it. I've got a Krenko deck. I've got a Memnarch deck. I bought one of the new ones with the the commander that's just a Conjurer's Closet, essentially. So I just took my beloved deck that rotated and I was like, okay, take all of you and put you in EDH deck. Sick. Yeah, I just the only like the only the only way I get a rush out of TCGs is playing in tournaments. So I think for now I'm just gonna not play at all until I figure something out. That's fair enough. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's just how you play. It's how you play. Yeah, it's like mm-hmm. I, the the worst part as well is like I share a card pool with my friend, and he just wants to play everything all the time, and I just don't have the stamina for it anymore. Yeah. To be fair, I I'm kind of like that with fighting games now. Like I can't just play online. I just, I don't want to fight strangers. I really couldn't care less. But I'm I still like being good at them. And my friends locally don't want to keep up with me anymore. So it's like, well, I either stop playing or I go to tournaments. And I kind of don't want to go to tournaments. So I'm just kind of screwed. It is awkward, like, trying to organize people for competitive magic is the worst as well. Because, like, I will say there is one other person in the shop who actually wants to play competitively and actually go to tournaments consistently. Yeah. Like, that's it. And he's good, and I'm terrible. So, what do we do? That's it, that's it. Like, Manchester is, like, it's so strange because Manchester is the biggest place for magic. But no one competitive plays there. Yeah, that is just weird. Like, and apparently as well, like, I started at the worst time for it, because apparently, like, the format before I started, Manchester had a consistent competitive testing team. Hmm. And then all of them just disbanded. And now as well, they, like, the only person I had to test and go to go places with is now has a kid. That'll put a damper on things as well. Yeah. yeah. Hey, you want to go to this tournament? Uh, I would, but I have to get a babysitter. Yep. Uh, my wife doesn't feel like being uh, being a babysitter all the time, so uh, guess I have to treat it like a human being. No more magic for me. 
Yeah. Girlfriend. Rather. <sighs> Growing out of slash losing access to hobbies sucks. Yeah, it does. Like, I haven't... It's so strange because like, I had a massive period as well where I wasn't even looking at video games. I was just all in on Magic. And just for yeah. the past few weeks, all I've been doing is playing video games and not even thinking about Magic. I don't know. Maybe you just bounce back and forth between the two from now on. Yeah. It's it's just been, ni- it's been nice to play video games again. Speaking yeah. of those, what have you been playing recently, Halida? Um, Pokemon Y, actually. Ah. I haven't played a Pokemon game like beginning to end since Silver on the Game Boy Color. And then I bought the Soul Silver the remake, so I don't really count that one. So oh, yeah, when Y with, came out, the one with the uh, the pedometer, yeah, it's like do do an exercise and have a Pokemon. Uh, yeah. Don't be fat, get fit, and also Charizard. Um, other catchy slogans like, you know, those pedometers are like stupid high quality. Uh, like they're some of the most high quality, accurate pedometers that you can get. And Nintendo just bundled them with Pokemon. I don't. I, I honestly don't think they could have made money selling that game. I really don't. They don't give a shit though. It's like yeah. They got that Wii money. That was honestly like Soul Silver and Heart Gold were just a setup for the next generation, and it worked because I bought Y. And instead of just being like, "Oh, I got 80 new Pokemon," it's like, "Oh, I got five generations worth of Pokemon I've never seen before." That's a lot. Yeah. It's like the first time you play red and then you buy silver or gold and you're like, oh, cool, 150. But in the back of your head, you're like, wouldn't it be cool if they just added a thousand? I actually got that. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I think the last Pokemon game I played, uh, canonically anyway, because I bought Soul Silver and played it like twice because yeah. I'm good at managing money. But um, I think I played Emerald. I didn't play Black and White. Like, I, I just, like, I couldn't stomach it when it was like, oh, have you seen Black and White? I was like, I was kind of thinking of getting it. Yeah, there's a trash bag Pokemon. And an ice yeah. cream Pokemon. The ice cream cone, Trubbish, and I don't know what it evolves into. And then just, like, the ice cream cones. Yeah. They were kind of nonsense. Then there was a dove. It was just a dove. <laughs> I mean, Pidgey wasn't all that impressive, but... A dove. It, it made sense, but that's just like are they're just going to do other species of birds. Yeah. Uh, it's just they... going to be, be. It's like, oh look, here's a pellet. Oh no, wait a minute, they did that shit. Fuck. Yeah, they yeah. just other species of birds. There you yeah. go. But uh, yeah, why is it's good? Like I like it a lot. Partially because they were just like, oh, here's all of the Pokemon. There you go. Have fun. There's like six of the 700 are in it. So it's just like, yeah, go to town. Any guys you ever liked in any of the games, you can just have them. It's like, oh, this is great. And then the online is actually really good. Like you can just, yeah. It's just like, oh, you're just have the Wi-Fi connected. You sign in. And as you're riding around, there's just like, it keeps track of like people in the same area as you and their passerbys, and they can just randomly send you buffs to try and level their own buffs up to use on themselves. And then sometimes some dude will just be like, hey, trade with me. Like, what? Okay. And then you go in, and he just tries to trade something with you, or they could just randomly challenge you to battles. 
and it's got the Wonder Trade system, which is honestly the best thing ever. It's, you're just playing slots with your Pokemon. <laughs> like, you go on Wonder Trade, you pick a guy, you send it in, and you get something from at random from somebody else who did the same thing. So this is, the, uh, this is the perfect cross-section of people with OCD and collecting problems and gambling addiction. Yes, that is exactly right. So Sweet. it's like I was breeding to try and get a certain guy with stuff on him because I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll make a competitive team. I know a guy who plays competitively. It'll be kind of fun to have a team that I can use. So I was breeding like 500 guys. That was a long car ride. Jesus. But when I was done, I had just like three boxes full of Pokemon. It's like, okay, I guess I'll just wonder trade all of them instead of just releasing them. And you just end up getting weird stuff. Like, I was sending out... It was a starter, so, like, people are always happy to get a random starter Pokemon. So I was just getting, like, shitty Oddishes and shit. And then just out of nowhere, it's just, like, six Mewtwo's in a row. <laughs> and then just other starters and just rare stuff. It's just like, oh, okay. So this is fun. And then I kept going and kept going. And then when I ran out of guys in my box, I was like, oh. And then I started breeding just to wonder trade them away. Wow. So it, was, it was a bit of a problem for a while. It does sound sweet. How is um? What's the overworld like now? Has it changed with the graphics style? Uh, yeah, it... the 3D. It's. I think I like it better than the top-down 2D. Um, it's. I don't know. I. Like, it's, it's not a huge change. It really isn't. It's just, oh, the camera's just, like, pulled back and down a little bit. There's never really any big, important things with, like, the 3D overworld. Like, sometimes the camera will just pan up so you see, like, a sunset as you're riding back and forth across a path. Or it's like, oh, there's, like, a big... When you go to the Elite Four, the camera just, like, pulls right down to the ground. So it's like you're looking from up and behind your guy at the building. It's like, oh, look how dramatic it is. It's nice. It's. I don't think they needed to do it, but I'm kind of happy they did. Oh, I mean, after Black and White, what what more could they really do with sprites? Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a certain point where, I mean, I know some people will are sad because it's a it's a game series that is consistently very popular and still has a sprite based art style, and people love that. But what more can they do with it, really? Like, they've been, yeah. it's been a sprite based game for nigh on twenty years. Yeah, and because this is on the 3DS, what else they, do with it? they needed a way to make the 3D look good. Like, they have to yeah. because of the console. So, like, the way to do that is just, I, I guess we make 3D polygon guys now. Like, it was just the next logical step. It had to be done for the console. Like, if we weren't, if this wasn't a 3DS, if they just made another handheld that didn't have 3D built in, we would probably still be on 2D sprites, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's a bad change. I mean, I'm surprised at how well-received it's been, though, as well. Like, I expected a lot more people to be pitching a fit. Honestly, it's the second best Pokemon game. Like, the Silver Gold and the Silver Gold remakes will be better because when Game Freak made them... When Game Freak made Pokemon, they planned on doing two, and that was it. So they threw everything at Gold and Silver, and they made it the best they could. This was going to be the sequel. This was going to be the end of it. And then Nintendo was like, no, this this series prints money. You're going to make more now. 
So when they made gold and silver, it was just the best. Like they had the best designs. Everything was like the perfect balance of simple and complicated. And then from there on, it was like they there was issues here and there. Like Gen Two is not perfect, but it's still the best of them. Yeah, like I think past then you started to get past then you started to just get really silly designs. Like I think. Yeah. Even like, I think like silver is the last one where you like every single Pokemon hit. Like there were no really obvious like really yeah, weird were... ones that stood out and were terrible. There were no phone-ins in yeah. Gen two. But then when you got to when you got to like Ruby and Sapphire, it's just like, oh, it's um, it's a seal. And oh, no, sorry, it's a whale. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a seagull. To be fair, Generation One had really lazy stuff, but it was the first. Yeah, but obviously. that's that's the, that's the first one. Like, yeah, you would expect that. But now it's just, it's getting to the point where like Pokemon design like actually seems very reminiscent of Magic design now, where they're yeah. just like where when they started, they had types and they had types that tied closely together and made sense. But yeah. now they're because they've gone so long. About having to tie ones together that don't normally go, like it's the same as the color thing in Magic. Now we're having to pair enemy colors for more to do. Yeah. So now it's like, uh, what's the what's a grass steel Pokemon? Um, it's a UFO with yeah. heads. Like what? I'm sorry. What's that? What's that? Not even meant to be. Uh, it's uh. It's like when they started giving. They ran out of ideas, so like, okay, let's just make it so old guys can evolve. So Lickitung has a... Oh, his evolution is retarded looking. Like, Lickitung can evolve now, and I don't know why you would ever want to do that to him. And, like, Tangela has an evolution, and it looks stupid. Well, fuck it. As long as Pokemon still has Gengar, I don't give a shit. As long as I can still make a Gengar, have him ruin people, still happy. You can ruin people even harder now because you can get Mega Gengar. Uh, He's one of the Mega yeah. Pokemon. He's such a good sweeper. Oh my god. His special attack like doubles when you Mega Evolve him <laughs> in battle. So it's just like, oh, I've maxed out my speed and special attack, so I'm just going to Mega Evolve into Shadow Ball and wipe your entire team. <laughs> yeah, I do. I might get it at some point, but I don't have a 3ds i would need to buy one of those um see i bought my 3ds off my friend when he was moving because he needed the cash i was like oh you're gonna trade it into eb games now or sell dunkle bucks god no don't what do they give you it's like yeah they'll give me 50 bucks it's like i'll give you 70 let me have it because <laughs> they're gonna sell it for 150 and they're gonna give you 54 but i'll just meet you in the middle yeah that makes sense i got a i got a vita from my uh little sister i just got yeah. hers because she wasn't using it uh yeah, and that's um, it's neat, but there are basically no games. A Vita is like a PlayStation One emulator. That's that's really all you should be using it for, to be honest. Get uh, Persona well, I, Four I, and play PS One games. Yeah, yeah. I I bought Dragon's Crown for it, and Dragon's Crown is shit. It's not a very good beat 'em up. No, it's not. It's real. Like I was surprised. Like, so I got I got it thinking like, oh, this seems neat some RPG elements, but then you play it, it's just like, equip best item, do the same attack over and over again. You learn a new ability, it doesn't 
not it's not as good as just jumping and spamming attack. Yeah. Like and even like, playing like Streets of Rage and like Golden Axe 2, like you can't just mash the punch button and win. Like you have to be careful. Like the enemies will fuck you up. Yeah, well like you can't technically do it to win, but death's so not a problem in Dragon's Crown and you get you get a bunch of AI allies and they can just like I when I when I I picked the Amazon first and just like it got to a point where when I got the max party I just stood to one side and they killed everything. Yeah. And then, uh. yeah, it was miserable. Also, the art style in that game is really weird. Like, it's really, really pretty. And, like, when I first saw the designs, I was very much on the side of stop complaining, it's probably not that bad. But when you actually play as the Amazon, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, it's not just how she's designed, which is already stupid, but, like, I'm like okay, whatever. But it's like it's things like when she jumps, it looks like she's like leaning down on a stripper pole. <laughs> like she doesn't just jump up; she jumps in a way that it looks like she's sliding down a stripper pole. Like it's ridiculous. It's like it's more the motions and like everything she does, every attack she does, just turns her butt to the screen. Of like, course, wow. Like, it's like it's not like okay. The characters have cheesecake designs. That's it's fine for me. I can say that because I'm a privileged white male, and therefore I'm the beacon of all progress. Obviously, um, that was sarcasm. But um, but yeah, it's just ridiculous when you see it, and you see like her hip is wider than her fucking everything else put together. Yeah, like it's, it's... utterly obscene, absurd. Rather, it's not obscene. Whatever. It's gratuitous. Like yeah, like. Definitely, like I was like I was playing it. And I was like, I can't take this on the bus. Yeah, no. Like, this is embarrassing. It's like people with play mats that just have like half naked characters on them and things yeah. like that. It's like I don't usually give a shit. Like I, I could play like I'd sooner play Saints Row on the bus and yeah. be beating people to death with a dildo bat. Like, because that's universally silly. This is just like really objectifying and kind of gross and creepy and i'm i'm not usually on that side as well like i'm usually very oh well it's the artist's intent blah 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 but it's just ridiculous yeah god i'm getting it, old fuck <laughs> it 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 took it too far i think yeah it's just like it's one thing like i like i like bayonetta i think that's fine i think bayonetta is fun but is also functional yeah, there's a certain amount of Bayonetta is it's satirical enough, yeah. I think is what it is. That it's just it's all tongue in cheek and you all know that when Bayonetta is eating the lollipop talking to the guy sticking her ass out, one, she's doing it because she thinks it's funny, two, she's gonna get away with it, and three, there's gonna be some cheesy line at the end that makes it all <laughs> a joke. Yeah, like well, she's like gonna talk about like... spanking an angel at the end of it. Like, <laughs> you can't take it seriously. No, it just seems yeah. like Dragon Crown's like, hey, look at how women should look. Look, 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 look. Well, the the uh, the way the sorceress was presented to me, which is the one that actually got all the fur at the, at the start, like, yeah. 
I actually have le- way less of a problem with that. That's actually kind of an, a neat idea, like because I read a thing where it was um, showing like, like it, it's based on various love icons, like love gods from yeah. various civilizations. And the idea is like because in all the promo art, she's like picking up a skeleton and putting it in her tits. Yeah. And like the idea is that she is nursing the dead back to life, as opposed to like the typical like necromancer sort of thing where they are like grisly old men bringing the dead back to life. They're commanding the dead. It's like it's meant to be like a maternal twist. And like, it's like fair enough, I suppose, if it's with the art. Like, like yeah, and, like okay, that's functional. But the Amazon is just ridiculous. It's like what? What is this? Ugh, fuck, I'm old. But yeah. The, the the Vita is fine. I uh What I is even to, on uh, that? Like, I can't even think of anything else that's on it really other than like Persona, Persona and 4, PS1 which games. I, which which I uh I'm going to get at some point. Uh there's an uncharted game out for it. Oh yeah. Uh, I might get that. Uh, it's not a lot though. It's really There's Marvel kind of 3. Impressive. Yeah, but I've got that for Xbox 360 if I ever really want to play it. I'm not going to play that on the with a PS Vita. I, you know what? That's honestly the reason I would get a Vita is because it actually it looks like it plays okay on it. Huh. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think Marvel Three is a bit chaotic for me. I think if I'm gonna get, if I'm gonna actually try and get good at a fighter, I'm gonna wait for Ultra Street Fighter Four, and I'm gonna get that. But you don't like Street Fighter Four, do you? I want to so much. So getting Ultra is not gonna change that. It's not going to be some drastic change that makes everything faster or anything. It's not, like, Street Fighter 4, like, is not about the speed. Like, Street Fighter 4 feels fine. I just don't know what I'm... Like, like, actually moving around and controlling characters in those games, I actually really like. Yeah. It just, when it comes down to um, actually fighting, I just don't know what I'm doing. And it's really hard to learn, and I just get frustrated and stop. I wish our internet connection was slightly better because I could help you with that, but... Well, mine's actually way better now. I got new internet since last time we talked. Oh, really? Like, I, like I can actually download things at a reasonable pace. Like, yeah. like my usual download speed on games on Steam is a megabyte and a half a second. Oh, we might actually have to try that at some point then. Yeah, like, I just keep... Like, I... Because I just want a fighting game to play, like, because I love the idea, I love the concept, I love the characters, I love just controlling it. But when it comes down to actually learning how to like do the combos, do the setups, it's all just totally alien, and there's no real easy way to get into it. Yeah, like aside see, from just getting your face staved in. I was lucky because my two best friends, when Street Fighter Four came out, we were just starting to play like Marvel superheroes versus Street Fighter, like we just emulated it. Because it was, all oh, Marvel vs. Street Fighter, this is fun. So when 4 came out, I was like, oh, I'll buy this, and we'll all play it together. And we were all shit, and we <laughs> all got better at the same time, luckily. So we just kind of, we one of us would get really good, and then the other two would have to get good enough to beat him. And it would just kind of seesaw like that until we just kind of kept progressively, in, just we got better with each other. Yeah. So I didn't have to play online and get discouraged because everybody was kicking my ass. It no. was just, oh, guys, look at this. You can hit the focus attack and it will stop a move you're in the middle of. And everyone's like, oh, my God, you can do that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you can dash out of it afterwards, too. And then we all did that for a while. And then, like, that's just how we got better. Yeah. 
I'm just terrible at discovering things like that. And also, all my friends, I think, have a similar temperament as it comes to games like that. Yeah. Just none. Oh, I got some of the Skyrim DLC. I, I bought the like, Ultimate Edition. Yeah, I like Skyrim, but not enough to buy the DLC, I don't think. I was tempted by the Dragonborn and the Vampire one. But... Yeah, well, the the only other piece of DLC after that is Hearthfire, which is silly. Like, you build a oh, house. Oh, yeah, the house. It's, it's dumb. Like, I started doing it and was just like, this is just fetch quests. Oh, yeah. Like I need lumber to build a house. Go to a log. Go to a log mill. Can I buy some lumber? Yes, you can buy twenty. Okay. Like the worst part is, isn't a store, so you can't just jam A to buy a bunch. You need to go through the dialer option every time as well. Like, I don't know whose idea that was, but it was terrible. Yeah. But um, yeah. So I don't. I haven't really touched the Dragonborn one, but I played through all of um, uh, Don. Guard on the vampire side. Like I made a new character and played that. Yeah. Uh, and playing as a mage sucks in Skyrim. It does. I've like, tried so many times to make a mage character, and then like an hour and a half into every game, I'm just like, eh. and I just stop. Like, it really, really shows up the combat because it's just like the worst part. Like the worst thing in those games is like whenever you like have to kite an enemy and just down potions. It all always feels like you're cheating. It just feels like like I'm not meant to be doing this, really. I'm breaking the game here. There's like, only two options playing a mage in Skyrim. Either you're going to be doing that and just drinking like 50 potions every fight, or you're going to get to the point where you just kill every enemy in 12 seconds by blasting fire at their face. Like, it's, yeah, but like, yeah. There's no in-between. There's no, there is no combat as a mage. It's you're <laughs> losing or you've already won before the fight happens. Yeah. Well, it's just like I, I decided to be all in high elf female mage blah 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 and it got to the point where it was just like I could just decimate an enemy with fireballs and then I'd be completely out of MP yeah and would have and to just... just kite and wake them or like use a sword or something and I just like it was just impossible like but thankfully like, the the Dawnguard DLC gives you a, a new NPC companion who is a complete badass yeah and is unkillable yeah in uh in Skyrim, magic is really just... It, it's meant to augment everything else. Like, they really didn't want you to be a mage, I don't think. Yeah, it's difficult to be a pure mage. Like, But yeah, I got that. I, I played through most of the vampire campaign. Did you... Have you touched Guard at all? Did, no. You didn't buy any, did you? Well, essentially, no. like, it just it improves on the... Like, because vampires in Skyrim were just, like, really, really not fleshed out. It was just a thing you could get. It's like, oh, now you're, you don't regenerate stamina during the day, and fire hurts you more, and you're a bit stronger. That, that was essentially just vampirism. Yeah. yeah, your magic's a bit better. Like, But in this, it gives you the vampire lord, which is kind of like, which is like similar to the werewolf. Yeah. It gives you another transformation. Um, yeah, so it gives you the vampire lord, where you now have your own, um, the, vampire, the vampire lord transformation, it's kind of like transforming as a werewolf. Uh you get your own specific abilities, like, but it's more magic-based. Like, you have yeah. a, a Drain Life spell and a Raise Dead spell and stuff like that. And it also comes with its own perk tree that you uh, you improve not through leveling, but by getting um, critical hits when you kill people. So it, like, quote-unquote, drains their essence. 
Oh, yeah. And you just level it up that way. But the problem with it is the exact same problem you have when you're a werewolf in that you just don't have the same range of abilities. Yeah. So it always just makes you more weak to be it. Like, it's yeah. never good because you can't just heal yourself in the middle of it. Like, Yeah, yeah as a wit, I don't understand why they brought back werewolves if they were just going to make them shit. Like, honestly. Like, you become a werewolf. You do it that one time for the story quest. It's pretty cool. You run through town. You get away. You go kill the hunters. You never turn into a werewolf again. Because yeah. I tried it once. I was in a fight and I was losing. I was like, oh, werewolf's supposed to make you stronger. That'll be a good idea. I'll kick all their asses. I turn into a werewolf. I took a few guys out and then it's just like, oh, right. I can't heal and I have to run right up to everybody to kill them. Yeah. And then I just died. Oh, I think you well, can like, like eat a body to yeah, heal. Yeah, you as can, a werewolf, but it, like. But but it locks you in an animation that takes a couple seconds. And then you just more, die. Yeah, people are peppering you with arrows. And the Vampire Lord is not as bad because you you're like, you like have a drain life spell. Yeah. And if you're doing melee combat, because you switch between magic and melee combat, and you critical hit people, he drinks their blood, and that gets you some life back. But you're always just weaker. And it, it, it's, it really is a shame. Like, I really wish if they'd didn't bother with transformations like the werewolf one makes sense but with the vampire one just like give more vampire specific abilities and things like that like being a vampire is never about transformation yeah like, just, no. just ha ha have more latent abilities like it was kind of neat at first but like i never used it it just sucked yeah, the like, only reason I, was... I became a vampire in the base game is because my main character is a sneaky, stealthy guy. So vampirism gives you an, a natural boost to stealth and yeah. it gives you a natural boost to illusion, which was like the two things I used. I was like, <laughs> oh, I'm sneaking and I frenzy you and you fight your friend and when your friend dies, I snipe you from the darkness and now you're both dead. Awesome. And I'm always crouching around sneaking in the shadows, so weakness to sunlight doesn't mean anything to me. So, I mean, it just worked. Yeah. It's um, it's kind of a shame that the DLC, the quest itself is kind of neat, but some of them are just designed really, really strangely and are just like pointless wastes of time. And um, there's a bit in it where you have to go get a, a bow and you uh, you meet snow elves, like not the Falmer, like actual snow elves. And um, cool. there's a bit in it where you're running across this sheet of ice and two dragons pop out and fight you at the same time. But it's really, really fucking glitchy. Like, I had to restart it, restart the fight twice, I think. Uh, and on the third time, I managed to kill a dragon. And then I killed one while it was mid-flight, and it just stopped moving. And, like, it was still going through the animations like it was alive. And you could still attack it, and it would move. But it was just floating forward really slowly. And essentially what I had to do to actually kill it was I had to just throw light lightning bolts at it until its animation broke and then it would die wow yeah. yeah i've had things like dragons flying backwards and not giving up their soul when they die like they it's a bethesda game there's going to be glitches but that seems a bit strange even for bethesda yeah. game but like some of the quests in it are just really really tedious like, yeah there's one where you have to it especially sucks as well when you're playing a mage because i um you have to get three elder scrolls so you stood there with 60 pounds worth of Elder Scrolls in your inventory through most of this, so you can carry nothing. And um, 
like there's a there's a quest where you have to go read the Elder Scrolls. So what you have to do is you have to go get bark and run around to glade and collect moths. And it's just a bunch of yeah. a bunch of annoying fetch quests. Like it's a shame because the premise was neat. You know, I was really excited to play more with the vampires. Yeah, it's just not fleshed out well, or where they have tried to flesh it out, it's just not. It's nowhere near as good as actually just playing like you normally would. Like the only real advantage you get out of it is that you get an immortal follower and you get a really neat sword at the end. Realistically, your followers are already immortal as long as you don't hit them when they're downed. Yeah, like that's the but only way they one, die. Yeah, but it's a, a follower that is actually quest essential even after you finish the quest. I think. Oh, so, so he'll only just, just be knocked out. Yeah, that's useful. Which is I guess helpful. Yeah, especially if you play on like high difficulty, when there's a good chance you'll just kill him on your own. Yeah, especially when you're a mage and just flinging spells everywhere. But uh, yeah, it's okay. It's more Skyrim. Yeah, I'm. I wonder if there will be any more DLC actually, because Dragonborn I think is set in Morrowind, from the screenshots and stuff I've seen. Like it looks like a part of like a small section of Morrowind. Hold on, while I tell my brothers to shut up. Jace. All right. Yeah. It's um it's a dark elf island. Like it's a uh, uh what's it? It's a settlement on a random island, but it's owned by the Dumners. So yeah. that's why it looks like Morrowind. Makes sense. It's just kind of a tease makes people think you're going <laughs> to give Morrowind as a place you can go. Yeah. It's like I haven't really gotten into that one cuz I like I literally just finished Dawn Guard and was like you know what? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to burn out on it. No. Like, I might go back to it at some point, but I have other games to play. Yeah, like, I burnt out on Dragon's Dogma when I first played it. Yeah. I just played it way too much, and then I had to take a real long break before I could go back to it. My uncle just lent me the extra big version, Dark Arisen. It's like, oh, I guess I have a reason to play it again. Was that a free download if you owned the original game? No, not at all. You had to buy a physical copy all over again. What? Yeah, you can only get Dark Arisen as a physical copy. And you have to buy the entire game with the Dark Arisen add-on. It's like buying the Game of the Year edition of Skyrim, except you don't have a choice. Ugh. Yeah, that's why I never bought it for myself. I was so mad when that wasn't DLC. Like, there was no good reason to not have it be DLC. Yeah, I um, I still haven't beat the main game in that, so I guess I can't complain too much. Yeah, I've been through it three times. Like, I beat it once, and I did a new game plus, and I beat it again. And then stupid me deleted my character. I was like, oh, I'll play from level one again and try and just do, like, a me and only one pawn run. And then, like, 20 minutes into that, I was like, this was a stupid idea. I deleted I'm an idiot. And then I just decided not to play it anymore because, fuck, I was dumb. Yeah. Well, I I think I stopped as well because I got to a point where I thought like I really wasn't sure where to go, and I just kept. So you know when you uh, fight the Griffin and it flies off to the Colosseum. Yeah. So you get to that 
uh, valley on the way, and all the enemies there are way harder than any of the other bandits. Yeah, they're just like, for no for... reason. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kept thinking I was going the wrong way because of that. I thought, oh, well, clearly I'm not the right level to be here, so this is wrong. Nope, it's just a sudden and dramatic difficulty spike. Yep, and then I just eventually got around it by just, like, using my bow and just, like, hit you with a bow, run away, hit you with a bow, run away, hit you with a bow, run away. Yeah. Because I'm it's also... It's funny, too, because the bosses aren't hard. Like, yeah. you fight a Cyclops, they're easy. You fight the Griffin itself. Like, if you're lucky, you can kill the Griffin before it even flies away if you've got a mage in your party. You light its wings on fire and it can't fly. And if you just keep it on the ground, you can kill it right there. Yeah. But yeah, those just random enemies are all of a sudden too damn hard. <laughs> yeah, it was really weird. Uh, it's a good game, been... though. Yeah, I do need to get back to it at some point. Have you been playing anything else? No, that's pretty much it. I'm just waiting for next weekend when the new Zelda comes out on the 3DS. Uh. I traded in a ton of 360 games to get Pokemon. And then in the end, I still had 50 bucks left over, so I just put it on a card. So then when really, really good reviews of the new Zelda came out, I was like, oh, I guess <laughs> I should, you know, I haven't played a 2D Zelda in ages. I'll go pre-order that. And it comes with a copy of Oracle of Ages as well, so. Oh, that's nice. I uh, I didn't realize it was actually getting so well received. That's nice to hear. Yeah, it's like a 98 on Metacritic, and the only thing sub-70... Actually, I think the only thing sub-90 is, like, Detroit. <gasps> and I don't like their new reviews editor. Who is that? <gasps> oh, Jesus. It's like Chris somebody. I don't know. I just don't like him. I don't... That's not fair. I don't agree with any of his reviews so far, so when he says something's <gasps> not good, I don't listen to him. Yeah, it's, um... Detroit's a funny place now. I'm, uh... I'm very sad every time I go there now because there's only like two people there whose stuff I actually want to read. Yeah, That's Conrad and uh, Jonathan Holmes. I don't even. I don't like Jonathan Holmes's opinions on things. <laughs> Neither do I. That's why I'm so fa fascinated by him. It's, it's like so is this man foreign. Is this man an alien? Yeah, it's just like the things he says. Like he. I don't understand why people like games where they're big, tough men with swords. Like, why would you want to do that? It's just like, d did you listen to yourself when you typed that out? Like, you don't understand why people like Skyrim. And then just this weird passive aggressiveness when he's like, no, 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 you're allowed to like whatever you want. I'll never judge you for what you like. But it's not really good, is it? It's like, really? I you're... don't know. I don't know whether he's passive aggressive or so earnest. It's ridiculous. I can never tell with that man. Yeah, I'm thoroughly fascinated. Either way, but yeah, the, like, the him and Conrad are the only people I actually like to read anymore on there. Yeah, it's like Hamza like, doesn't write things anymore. Like, I, I never Max even is back. I like I like yeah, Max. Yeah, but he's the video stuff. But I mean, on ter in yeah. terms of reading, like Jim's gone, so I don't go there for reviews anymore. Yeah. Uh, like, it really is just Conrad and Jonathan Holmes, and... Uh, Chris Carter is the new reviews editor. Yeah. I uh... I just don't agree with him on a lot of things. <laughs> Our tastes are different enough that reading his reviews are essentially moot. It's like, oh, it's like, I like this thing and you don't, so why would I go and read your reviews and opinions on other stuff that's similar? It's just like a complete, like, you just realize your opinions just don't sink at all. Yeah. To the point where it's not even useful for you to read them. 
It was weird, though, because when Jim did a review, if you read through all of the text, even if he said in the end he didn't like it, you would be able to tell if you would like it or not. Yeah, like, what game, like, fuck, I can't remember what game it is, but there was a game you gave a fucking terrible score to, and I was like, I need to rush out and buy this immediately. Yeah. Or when, like, when he gave Deadly Premonition a 10, you, like, you knew exactly what you were going to get. Yeah. You knew it was going to be kind of a shit game, but at the same time, you were like, this is going to be, like, unlike anything we've ever played before. All right, so, on Metacritic, the new Zelda Link Between Worlds, there are 37 reviews for it right now. 36 of them are positive. One of them is mixed. Guess where the mixed review is from? (laughs) I mean, I, I don't want to go down that route because it like it almost smacks of what people did the gym all the time. Yeah, but I mean, that's just like I looked at Metacritic. I was like, oh, this is getting great reviews. And I looked through them all, like just like the little blurb of each one. And I was like, oh, a lot of them are saying like the same things. It's a great new design. They tried something different. It actually kind of works. It, the nostalgia factor will pull you in because it's an actual sequel to Link to the Past. And I go through all these things, and I get to Detoid, and it's just like, a Link Between Worlds main problem at the end of the day is a complete lack of heart. And I'm like, what? And that's why I opened it and read it, and it's just like, no, we just don't jive. Like, our tastes are just too different. <laughs> yeah, that is, um, that is an odd one. Uh, it's, it is fascinating, though, like, when you go through it and, like, trying to... F- find people whose opinions like even if they don't line up exactly with yours like sync up enough to be useful yeah it's like honestly a lot of jim's tastes weren't mine but i think he was a good enough writer that when i read a review i would be able to tell if i would like it and there are other reviewers i've gone through who have the same sort of thing whereas like if i read all of it and i can they're like "Eh, it's a five out of ten but if i read the review i could be like oh no i would actually like this still yeah i think i think jim's reviews like fall in the like the perfect space between an like an objective analysis of game systems with enough of a subjective almost artistic view of it so you got enough of the like you got to understand how the game felt yeah. as well as how it mechanically functioned like it struck a really his review stuck a perfect balance between that whereas like if you read like let's say an IGN review, it's just like, the game was good because it didn't break all the time. Also, I have no brain spe- cells. What is an opinion? It was good because look on Boxback Media Research. Oh, I really like doing this one thing. It was fun for me. Therefore, the whole game is good. Yeah, I get it. There's yeah. a lot of stuff like that. It is fun shooting people. I like Call of Duty a lot. It is a 10. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I... <sighs> Stretch just makes me sad now. Yeah. I just like, I'm like, oh, like, that website was so special when it had Anthony and Jim and Brad and Topher and Joseph Larray. The golden age of Podtoid was honestly the golden age of Destructoid as well. Yeah. Because that's just, all of the talented people there were on the podcast as well, pretty much. Like, even Jordan was on a few times. And then it's just like uh, a lot of those people got better offers elsewhere and moved on to do different things. And 
it's just like, well, I mean, yeah, Detroit's a good startup. Like, it draws talented people in. It's just, right now, I'm not a fan of the people who are here. What meth must they be on to have let Jim Sterling go? Like, how much crack cocaine do you need to make that decision? Uh, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I... He moved over to primarily the Escapist now, right? Like yeah, he's the yeah, reviews that, editor there. That's sweet, and now, now I actually pay attention to the Escapist reviews and actually give a shit about the site outside of Yahtzee. But like now, like Detroit's basically completely dead to me. It's really weird. Like they've just slowly and slowly just been creeping towards irrelevancy for me. Yeah. Like the site has like. It still looks the same, but it has none of the same personality. Like, it feels very, very... Like, it feels almost like a Kotaku now that is a bit less shit. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. I I think that'll just change with the rotation of editors. I think Detoy just got really lucky with, like, their starting crew and, like, the early group of editors they had. Yeah. And now that's kind of going through a period of, I don't want to say less talent, but a different style. And they'll probably rotate through and get good writers back again. Yeah. Here's hoping. Like, I don't want them to die. And I doubt they will. They have a very big following. And it's just sad. Like, there's nowhere, like, really... There's no site now where I really... Because Destructoid was, like, basically my all-in-one. Like, I would go there for reviews, news, entertainment, everything. And now it's like I have a million sites bookmarked. And I basically go to none of them. Yeah, like, I don't go to gaming websites anymore. Like, I just use Reddit. Like, I just, yeah. I go through the headlines until I find something I care to read, and I just, there's no, I go to this site for this thing anymore. Yeah. It's like, I, like, occasionally go to Giant Bombs to look at the quick looks, but I just get very tired of it. I have game trailers for a couple of the shows. I have Rock, Paper, Shotgun, which is... Just honestly, far too dry for my tastes, which I think I have to revoke my Brit- my English citizenship for saying that. But yeah, it's just I, like it's like chewing rainbow-colored cardboard. You know, I used to go when Wardrox stopped doing Podcastle. He had his own site, Negative Gamer. He changed the name to try and make it more marketable to Nukezilla. Yeah, I used to go there, and then it just died. It honestly just up and died. Like, there's four people there now who write... No, three. There's, like, three people on staff who write things. And it's, like, an article every few days now. And it's sad, because I did like that, and, like, I even liked their podcast. But apparently, just people get busy and stuff happens. So now I just... I don't have... Like, I I don't have a go-to anymore. Which is unfortunate, because it... Like you, it used to be Detroit. Just I would go there for news and reviews and whatever, and I'd browse the last few days' worth of pages. And most of the time, I would honestly read almost every article when it was, like, the golden crew. Almost every article got read by me. And now it's just, I'll scroll through, one thing will catch my eye, I'll read half of it, and then I'll just go somewhere else. Yeah, it's weird. Like, I think in theory, Giant Bomb should be that place for me, but I just something about the review and the people there just don't gel with me and my sensibilities. It's like really weird because like, I've enjoyed those guys for a long time but I just got really tired of it. 
I don't actually like Giant Bomb's sight. I don't know what it is. Yeah, uh, it's also designed like a pile of dicks. Yeah, it's... Uh, and just a lot of the types of non-reviews articles at Giant Bomb, I'm not really... Like, they don't interest me either. Yeah, they've got is, these worth playing it, and worth reading and stuff like that. And... Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of video content, which I don't think I can sit through all the time. Yeah, I don't have the patience for that. If I want, I would rather be able to skim through and read something. Like you could have the same number of words on a written article, and I'd get through it twenty times faster. Like I'd prefer the speed. Yeah. Like, very rarely do I want a video thing. Like, that's why I like Escapist for the reviews, is because I really like video reviews. Because the way somebody explains something in a video review, I feel like I get more out of it than a written review. Mm. But that's, like, the only time where I prefer video content. Yeah, like, it's... Like, I'm really, really surprised, like, the... Like all the YouTube personalities and everything like are getting as popular as they are because I just like I don't know how people sit down for half an hour or like an hour to watch like a total biscuit review of a game like I don't have an hour to do no. that like to, do you listen to podcasts yeah I still listen to podcasts but like my favorite ones are either dead or transformed into like yeah. newer lesser versions like I think like the golden age of video game podcast to me was um, was Destructoid with Birch hosting and Talk Radar with Chris Antista and all that lot. So I guess you like do stuff while you listen to the podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense then. Yeah, I don't I don't know where people get the I don't even have anything to do and I don't have time to sit down <laughs> and watch like a two hour thing. Like if I'm listening to a podcast it's while I'm doing something else. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of long podcasts, we're at an hour and a half-ish. Wow. So I think we should probably call that there for now. Holy shit. I like, didn't even get to half of these notes I wrote down. <laughs> wrote notes? Yeah, I just like wrote down some notes of things we could talk about. Well, I guess we'll have to come back sometime this month instead of waiting a year or more. Yeah, uh, maybe we'll have some more structure. That might yeah. be a good idea at some point. Eh, I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> well, I guess it's good night from him. Yep. <laughs> um, we will be back soon-ish. Hopefully. With other people as well. Yeah, I'm going to try and get some, some people back on again to join us for our ramblings. Yeah, that, like... It makes things like that bit that you totally edited out where I needed to go for a pee in the middle of a discussion. Like, it just smooths all that over. I think I'm going... John Charles was interested in coming on for a while, so I think I'm going to try and get him on with us next time. Sweet. Like, I have this time free pretty much every week now, so... Oh, that's perfect, then. Wonderful. Alright. Goodbye, everybody. Now leave a community soda. We hope your soda was not flat.